Hello, and welcome to the counting room. What things are meant to last? Today we're going to be talking about things that were built to last, and things that aren't. We're going to talk about throwing out the old, and replacing it with the new. And we're going to talk about the things that we institute. We have many institutions in this country. Oftentimes in our arrogance, we assume that the things that we institute that our institutions will have no end. The only things that will have no end are the things that God has instituted. Welcome to the Counting Room. Welcome to the Counting Room. One thing I want all my listeners to know about the Counting Room is that while I may be running this podcast from my basement by myself, that doesn't mean that you can't help. You can send me feedback, suggestions, things I can improve on, things that you liked, subjects I can talk about, and maybe you're interested in being a guest. If you want to help me make this podcast better, you should email me at feedback.thecountingroom.com at gmail.com. I'll repeat that. Feedback.thecountingroom at gmail.com. I enjoy making this content, and I enjoy talking about faith, politics, and everyday living. And I welcome any assistance in making this content more fruitful and more beneficial to my listeners. Please take a few moments and consider how you can help, and send me an email. Thanks. So today we're talking about the continuity of modernity. Why do I say continuity of modernity? Well, it can be put in much plainer language. For example, will stuff last? I wanted to use these specific words to have them in direct opposition of each other. Continuity representing intergenerational passing of the torch. Modernity representing the singularity of any specific generation. In each generation, there's a desire to push away the old, and to be rid of it, and to bring in the new. But we often throw away the wisdom of our fathers when we do this. Continuity is passing something on. So I want to think about what are we passing on? Looking at my generation, the Millennials, I don't think that we have much that we're passing on. Our TV shows, our art, it's constantly changing. Our music, will it be on the classic rock station? I don't think so. It was there, and now it's gone. The books that come out are read, and then they are put aside. The movies that are made are watched, and then they're put aside. Talk more about that in a moment. In our times, we spend a lot of time producing for the sake of sustaining industry. The things we produce have a limited lifespan, and this is natural. The problem is that many of the products we consume 
are meant to be consumed again and again. So that's back to the books and the movies and the music. We're always replacing them with the new, getting rid of the old. We don't remember the old. Laptops have a short lifespan. If you have a laptop older than five years, it's too old. You need to get rid of that laptop and buy the newest version. The joke with a car is that when you finish paying for it, you have a short time of it needing repairs. And then you'll trade it in for a new car. Even entertainment isn't made to be consumed more than a couple times. Like my example, once again, of the movies and the books. And our TV shows. It's always about the latest TV series. And then that TV series is forgotten. And then we're watching another TV series. It's always the latest trend. It's always the latest fad. It's always the latest fashion. In skills and trades, there's a lot of thought put into the longevity of something when you design it. When we build, we want to build something to last. If you build a house, if you put down a floor, and especially if you pour a foundation, you want it to last. The point is that there are things that last and things that don't. What makes a thing last? What causes a thing to fail? The answer is the structure, the way the thing is built. So, the modernity aspect, and I'm specifically referring to modern institutions. Big tech, legacy media, academia and universities, statism. We arrogantly think that all these institutions are built to last. But what is their structure like? What are they founded on? I would say that many of these structures are built on a foundation that is rotten to its core. And what we're seeing in our society is the results of a bad foundation. You all remember the story of the wise man who built his house upon the rock. And for those of you who don't remember, I'll summarize it really quick. Jesus told the story of a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the rains came down, as the song goes, his house may have washed away, but it stood firm. There was another man, the foolish man, and he built his house on sand. And when the rains came down, as the song goes, and the floods came up, his house was washed away. He had a poor foundation. Our institutions are not eternal. We should examine the structure and look at what they are founded on. I will give you a hint. Secularism is a foundation of nothing. If your institutions use secularism as a foundation, then those institutions are founded 
on nothing. They are based on nothing. We can have all the discussion on that that you want, but you would have to tell me what those institutions are founded on. Do you want to be in that house when it collapses? So what's my point here? Christians should be people who build and build well. We need to build hospitals, schools, create literature, create art, and start businesses. Why? Because the institutions of society are not going to last. And we need to build some good, structured product that will last. That's why I'm doing this podcast, is because I'm trying to build something. And it's not just a podcast. Who knows what will come of all of this? But there are some other things that I've mentioned that I'm working on, and I want to build them with good structure. And I would encourage any Christians out there to build and maintain something that will have continuity. Consider that. And don't do it with an attitude of escapism. We're not trying to escape this world. We're trying to rebuild this world. One day, these institutions with weak foundations will fall. We should be ready for the opportunity to serve when those institutions fall. It might be tomorrow, or it might be a hundred years from now. But we should be ready with that well-structured product built on the foundation of the rock. And now for our weekly book review. Wisdom for Dissidents by Jeff Myers. Wisdom for Dissidents by Jeff Myers is part of the Through New Eyes series inspired by James Jordan's book by the same name. Wisdom for Dissidents is both a detailed overview and a deeper insight into the book of James. I was drawn to this book due to its title. Being a Christian in modern day America, we find ourselves holding hands with a culture that is contrary to the teachings of Jesus. Or we find ourselves counter to the culture, holding fast to the great hope that we've been given through Christ's death and resurrection. In view of this, I thought a title like Wisdom for Dissonance might be the very book that I needed. Jeff Myers makes a compelling argument for the authorship of James and rests the dating and the context of the book of James on this argument. When viewing the book of James in this way, we can see the epistle as a whole meant for a specific people in a specific time. When we look at the book of James in this light, we find it to be more than just snippets of proverbial wisdom. Instead, it's a very nuanced book that we can apply to our own context. With the rising conversation in the Christian community about nationalism, it's easy to see that we need to take a nuanced approach when thinking about our political duties as followers of Christ. Jeff Myers spent years preaching and teaching about the book of James before he compiled his studies together into Wisdom for Dissidents. I would imagine that he had no idea when releasing this book that it would be in time for the conversation on Christian nationalism.
I don't know if Jeff Myers has personally taken a stance on the subject, but I do know that this book will be a helpful tool for anyone struggling with being a Christian in a hyper-polarized geopolitical climate. And therefore, if you want to enter into the conversation, it would be helpful to read this book. This book was a challenging read, but written in plain, easy to understand language. I have been blessed by reading it, and I am looking forward to going over it with the fellow church members in Sunday School very soon. It's a lot to digest, so I would recommend keeping this book on your bookshelf to use again and again. I'm Joel Edgar. Thanks for joining. God bless.